Hey everyone, welcome back to Colombian Influence. This is a podcast where we mainstream the conversation around adoption using our own experiences as adult adoptees as well as others in our community. We are back with our book club series. And we are going to be starting on chapter 10 today. So we are in section three of healing. Chapter 10 is the new family. Yes. So this chapter is broken down into a lot of sections. Those sections are titled Bringing Baby Home, Telling About Adoption, Acknowledgement of Differences, Children's Resistance to Talking About Adoption, Games and Playtime, Art, Poetry, Music, and Dance, Separation Anxiety, The Meaning of Discipline, Limits During Adolescence, The First Cardinal Rule for Adoptive Parents, and Five Cardinal Rules. So So grab your favorite drink and... (laughs) Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a long one, but we're ready for yep. it. Okay, so let's see. For me, I had one right off the bat, bringing baby home. I think we both had that as far as like intimacy goes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, talking about some babies and having like this makes me really sad just saying it because I'm like, ah, it really, oh, it sucked to read. I was just like, mm-hmm. this is makes me really sad. Just talking about how some babies are, like, resistant to cuddling. Mm-hmm. Like, a baby is resistant. Like, I'm resistant to cuddling, but, I mean, that's just where I'm at right now. I love so, cuddling. <laughs> Cuddling's the best So, cuddle with the dog. <laughs> Snickers, our manager. Yeah. <laughs> our first manager. Yes. Snickers. Oh, good times. But, but no, that's just, I like, agree. the it's... fact that that can even happen, like... But you had infant. yeah, but you had a very different experience as a baby because you needed your mom's hand on your back. To yeah, there was a stuff. while. I don't actually know the ages, but for a while, my mom would try to put me to sleep, and she would like leave her hand on my back. She'd think I was asleep. She'd take her hand off. I'm like, man, she put it back. In. I'm like, Never mind, I'm still awake. And she would put her hand back, and it would just be like back and forth for a while, and then she'd be like, okay. I'm done. <laughs> this Poor is fine. mom. But it would take a long time, yeah. which I guess I never really realized. Like she said that my sister and I, which my sister is a biological child of my parents, like we had a very, very different time as being an infant. So mm-hmm. that is probably one of the biggest ones. And I think for me, it just kind of talks about how eye contact is very important, which I think is different. I would have never thought about that. But like eye contact and Skin-to-skin t- contact is important, which you hear for anyone, any baby, that mm-hmm. skin-to-skin to skin to skin is very important. So nothing really, like, stuck out to me so much at that point, but just that touch is a basic need of all babies, and that is super important to kind of just start that right away. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing, there's a couple things I <clears throat> excuse me, underlined here, but one of them was... Just the quote, a child who does not respond positively to cuddling is only trying to defend himself against further wounding. Mm. That was another thing that just made me really sad. I was like, imagine mm. really, that's, that's terrible. So, there, the, I don't know, I think that that was an interesting way to kind of start off the chapter, even though it made me really sad. But, again, it, this is healing. <laughs> we're, we're trying. We're, we're trying. <laughs> we really are. It's a a tough time. Um, And it's ongoing, for sure. For all adoptees, healing is ongoing. Coming out of the fog, I think, personally, I feel like it's ongoing. You can come out to an extent, but you are continually coming out of the fog as you heal. Working through it. God, but that just really made me sad. I was like, (laughs) wow, I'm seeing so much of myself. Mm -hmm. Yikes. 
Um, let's see. So then the next section, how to handle loss, you had some more things that kind of came out with that. Yeah. So for me, it was mostly just that it's important to emphasize with the loss and talk about it to put in words for them. I think children don't really realize how loss is like there or like adoptive parents don't realize how the loss is there for children. And it kind of just talks about that children's up to the age of two or three can remember their birth. I know! When reading that, I was like, what? Yeah. And so, like, that ooh. really stuck out to me. Like, ooh, I don't remember that. Yeah. But I guess I did at some point. And certain things I did or acted out as mm-hmm. kind of represents that. Other yeah. than that, I didn't have too much. I guess going on the next page, um, it also talks about the adoptive mother is... Certainly, they're nurturing mother, but she would never take the place of the birth mother. Mm-hmm. And even if she feels threatened by this, she needs to let the child know that she understands their loss, which is huge. Because mm-hmm. I think, again, a lot of adoptive parents just think, I'm getting a new baby. It's like the same process. Everything's the same. But mm-hmm. like, there is that huge, significant loss in the beginning of their child's life. I guess I would kind of wonder, like, what in the preparation for becoming an adoptive Mm -hmm. parent tells you to address that? Mm -hmm. Because, like, I I don't know. I mean, when would you kind of think about, like, hey, this should be something that's acknowledged. Like, it's a very real part of it. And, like... And I think in the next one, telling about adoption, like the next section, mm-hmm. is definitely going to go into breakdowns on like sequences of telling the adopted child that they are adopted or kind of... And doing certain parts of information as they grow older. Yes. I think that that's a really interesting part. And so I think like understanding like is mostly for the adoptive parent at that time as an infant, just so they understand like, I don't know, what would you mm. understand at that point? I'm not 100% sure. I don't have kids of myself. So like, I don't really understand what I could really gain from that, but just understanding well, that I mean, they I also have a birth mom's connection. I think it's more so like getting into the practice of it mm-hmm. because you can't, like, mm. you're speaking to someone who doesn't verbally, mm. ag- like, comprehend what you're That's saying. That's a great point. But I think it's, I, I mean, I would imagine that that would be kind of a safer approach. Yeah. Being like, you know, you can't speak back to me. You don't actually know mm. verbally what I'm saying. But it's also a way to establish a relationship and be like, hey, this is something that we're going to talk about. Because, I mean, it's a birth great parents point. should do that anyway, where yes. it's like, you know, you're speaking to your child and you're like, because that's partially how they gain language. Mm-hmm. But I think that could be a really, like, easy, I don't want to say easy, but a really, like, a good way to establish that type of vulnerability yeah is kind of how i am took it i guess kind of that open and honest communication again and that trust of just knowing every single step of this process Mm -hmm. no matter what age i'm at having the adult my parent adoptive parent understand that right huge right and i think like that's the kind of thing where like well if you are trying to practice this kind of thing by talking to your child like like say again at like two or three Mm -hmm. and then again at five or six like That'd be really hard to dive into, even though they're not speaking, like, perfect English again, you know, already, or whatever language. But starting it off kind of slow and being able to talk about those kinds of things, I think, would be really beneficial. Absolutely. So let's jump to the next section, then, telling about adoption, because this is going right into what we were talking about. 
Um, personally, I had quite a bit here. Um, before we go into like the sequence of telling, do you mm. want to talk about what you had in the beginning or did you have anything in the beginning of that? In the beginning of the section? Or mm-hmm. we, um, I mean, I guess as far as certain things with this, it's just acknowledging the fact that it's a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes adoptees uh, pretend that they don't care. It's a defense. Yes. I think that that's really important. That was me. I said that 100%. That is how I was. I just felt that awkward yeah. or that guilt talking about my birth mom because I didn't want you to feel any yeah. certain way. That mm-hmm. was me 100%. See, I think what's so interesting is that I see that more with um, other people that I know, mm-hmm. specifically like males that I grew up with. Like okay. I had a couple friends that were uh, adoptees and I don't know that they've really ever acknowledged it to, especially mm. to the extent that we have, but of right. course that's kind of different. But <clears throat> I'm not entirely sure that that was ever done in the same way mm-hmm. uh that and the fact that it just there's nothing that you should be lying about like not sugarcoating it like yes. it is also a really adult subject to address with kids yes. so starting it off i mean it's challenging it's a really hard concept to understand though for sure and kind of going through that sequence the first three years they just talk about like the explanations should be simple just that the child may believe everyone's adopted. Which is so interesting. I'm like, I just wrote, if I ever thought that. Right? I was just like, that's strange. Like, that's exactly isn't what I wrote. interesting? Yeah. Like, I wish I could remember what I thought about that right. at the time. Being like, isn't everybody like this? Like, yeah. which I don't think I would have the capacity to think that. But like. And I don't think I thought that because I feel like I would kind of remember that. But like, maybe I don't. I don't know. It's so interesting though. I thought that was strange. And then kind of going into kindergarten when you're like five or six. I think the main part that stuck out to me there is, like, you might start getting more questions, or you might yep. have more questions as an adoptee, but, like, what they said here was so, it just stuck out to me. It was, like, he may need answer to other questions, like, where'd you get that red hair from? Or Which, for us, with curls. Yeah, where'd you get those curls know, from? I'm or, sure you got that question as much yeah, as I like, That was my one of my questions. Why don't you look questions. like so-and-so but the answer is from my family and that's just it's fact yes fact and basic and simple yeah that's just a great way to just teach your child that you know that's what they can say because that's that's the truth Mm -hmm. and kind of going to eight you know eight through eleven you know the adoption concept broadens obviously as you get older this is actually a really complicated time for Mm -hmm. adoptees not necessarily children in their adolescence yes. like yes and no but at the same time i feel like it's that is a really weird time yeah because it's you know before mm. teenage years it's like when you're it's just so confusing probably one of the worst for me because it was really like what am i supposed to be doing mm-hmm. like i don't know i feel like yeah. that was really confusing and the teenage years were challenging but at the same time I agree. And what they recommend is just letting the adoptee ask the questions. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point because at this point, you're still trying to figure it out. You're learning more about it. Again, this conversation is being more broadened by curiosities and maybe fantasies that you are having. So I think that's a really just good information just to let him know or let him or her know that you're there to listen when they're ready for it. Mm -hmm. And then kind of going into the teen years, um, obviously... They'll want more information medically when you go to the doctors. We've had this conversation before. It's such a pain in the butt when they ask, like, medical history. We don't know. You put N.A. or I always put I'm adopted through the whole thing. Like, 
don't ask me again. I'm adopted. Why can't you put this on my file? Why can't they have that as a checkbox? Like, I think it's so common. Yeah, it's like just overlooked. as common as as a like a female going to the doctor and be like, "When was the last day of your last cycle?" It's like, yes, okay, that is changing, but adoption is not. Yes. This has literally been a lifelong thing. Can we stop? Like, ah, <sighs> oh, it's so frustrating. And I just think it, it talks about here, kind of at the end of it, like clues to their own identity will be important to them, and it may be that he'll begin to think about the searching during these stages of development, in which I definitely was. Like, yeah. I was almost 18, I was like, I know I want to search, so like, I need to start asking myself these questions, starting to figure out mm-hmm. who I am, what do I want from this, you know, what is this, mm-hmm. in a sense. So I think mm-hmm. that really stuck out to me, as well as the next section. I don't want to overtake, but I think you had a lot in the next section, too, that I can just kind of go off of. Not necessarily the next section, more at the bottom of That's the section. That's what I meant. Ta- yeah. yeah, talking about in transracial adoptions. Yes. This yes. really stuck out to me. Um, mostly just because they're addressing people saying they're colorblind and they don't mm. see color. Mm. And that is what people like, I don't know, mostly white people, I suppose, like, intend to be, like, inclusive and progressive, or at least they used to be, and, like, I don't see that. It's, like, that's the problem. Like, these kinds of things need to be celebrated. And it made me just realize that, like, before that phrase was addressed so clearly in today's society, being like, hey, we should see people's color and celebrate it. We shouldn't be, like, I see you the same as my white friends. You know, that's right. how I see that phrase. Yeah. That's not how it should be. I think I always felt icky about that phrase being like, why does this mean something to me in a way that's negative? And I always had an aversion to it. And it made me think about how, like, because I'm so anti-racist, it's because it kind of feels like my livelihood depends on it. Mm. It's like... And this goes so deep with people who are not adopted too. Mm-hmm. I just I can't oh, yeah. I can't even wrap my head around it. Like I think a lot of this the thing that really stuck out to me here was like the at this time, like in your teen years, the adoptee will need more information about their heritage and they should have access to the appropriate role models. You know, sometimes if you are a transracial adoptee, like they will often identify more with the black culture than the white culture mm-hmm. and they need an opportunity to do so. And again, going back to Kate's episode, I know we talked about this in our previous one, but she is really striving and focusing on that for her children. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. And I just give her kudos because I think she took a while to come over the um, kind of decision of why she adopted, you know, just like, the healing nature or like I want to help them to what can I do to help them taking away the savior complex yes. entirely and addressing the fact that yes. that was how she was operating for a mm-hmm. while and like that's you know really hard to face yeah and bravery like kudos to her because that is a huge thing to overcome mm-hmm. and like white couples who have no black friends should really take a step back about adopting a black or biracial child because it's completely different. The things they go through, the things people say to them, you know, just the different... It's out of their zone entirely. absolutely. And we have an interview that we have probably dropping soon or coming up in the next year that talks with um, a black or a white family, and she has great points on 
what you can do and she has good seminars and things that you can join. So if you're parents of transracial adoptees, like definitely check her out because mm-hmm. it was very eye-opening to us and good for knowledge for everybody, I think. Exactly. And I think that that was, I think when I first read this book, or at least up to around this point, I think mm-hmm. a little further, I remember mentioning this or maybe because of a past interview, mentioning this to my mom and she was like, that's why we didn't. Like, straight up, just, like, we, you know, I I grew up in Northfield. It's, like, there wasn't that much diversity there. Like, yes, we were, like, it was a liberal, progressive town. Mm -hmm. But that means nothing when there aren't actually people of color. So, like, and the times are obviously very different. Like, maybe it would be different now. Who knows? Like, it was still a small white town. Like, whatever. Um, But regardless, parents need to deal with that reality and not... Just do it because it, it doesn't. the The fact is, like a lot of the time, I feel like that could be performative, mm-hmm. which is where I have a huge problem with all of it. Like, yeah. there's just like and none of adoption should be performative, and that's really upsetting to right. those of us who've grown up in it. So, um, I think that's everything with that section. Mm-hmm. Um, acknowledgement of differences. I didn't have much in that section. I know it's I didn't a, either, actually. I mean, it's a good section, but, like, I didn't have anything that really stuck out to me that, you know, I think would be important for our podcast listeners. I mean, it's more so just, like, the whole section is... T- really, the only thing I want to highlight here is it's important to find a balance between denying the differences and insisting on the differences. Like... Just acknowledging the fact that you're different from your bio or from your adoptive child, like celebrating those differences, acknowledging them, not denying them. Like that's really all that section goes into. And like so, off putting that, yeah. Yeah. And not Absolutely. making it also a negative thing and just being yes. like, Yeah, we adopted, so yeah, they're different. <laughs> what's you know, what's the problem? Um, let's see. The next section I had a lot on was going to be the very next one. Other than that, I didn't have too much on the next few, but I'll kind of touch base on that. It's the children's uh, resistance to talking about adoption. Mm -hmm. That was huge for me. Um, Kind of going back to, I think, uh, page 121, where I was talking about kind of the defense mechanism of just putting a guard up. Oh, I'm not interested. Yeah, you you didn't want to feel that guilt or awkward awkwardness, honestly. And it talks about here is just as often as... Just as it is often difficult for adolescents to discuss sex with their parents, mm. it is awful. It is also difficult for adoptees to talk with their parents about adoption. Mm. And I just underlined that because it is the same awkwardness. It's yeah, the same, that's like, actually a really good comparison. Guilt, like I don't want to talk about this with you. You know, like mm-hmm. it just it feels weird. And that's exactly what I thought and felt: awkward guilt. Yeah. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. The only th- thing that I had in that section was just one of the last parts of it. Before I was wanted by you, I was unwanted by someone else. Mm. And that, I don't know how else to describe it besides, like, embarrassment. Yes. Yes. Which is, like, awful I to know. say because you're like, I-, I don't know, people's reaction would be like, well, don't be embarrassed by that. It's like. Or shame. Okay, great. I'm cured. Like, yeah. you're saying don't be embarrassed. Okay, I'm not embarrassed. Like, that doesn't mean anything. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's it's rejection. Yeah. And as people that are now in our 20s, like, it's the same kind of comparison to like dating or something, like being rejected by somebody and telling your friends, like, oh, well, they weren't interested. Like, it's the same kind of thing. Right. But worse. 
Oh, absolutely. Way worse. I mean, and it's the same, like, I don't know, it's just, it's so much deeper. I know. But again, that's probably the best comparison I have as far as people who aren't adopted. It's just like, it's the same kind of thing where Mm -hmm. you're embarrassed. Why is embarrassed the first emotion you go to? But this is why. Yeah, and you just don't want to hurt your parents' feelings. Exactly. At the end of the day, that's really what it is. And if, like, hopeful adoptive parents or adoptive parents now who have, you know, kids, children, or even teenagers, like, just understand them. Like, it's not because we're shutting you out or wanting to be silent. It's just because it's a little awkward. And I would say, personally, from my experiences, let them come to you when they want to talk about it openly Mm -hmm. and just feel that comfortability to do so because... You bringing it up is amazing. I Kudos for that because I think it's very difficult to bring up. But mm-hmm. if they shut you out, don't feel bad by that or don't feel, like, put off by that. I think that's a really good point. And I think we've both learned a lot about that over the last couple of years, oh, too. Oh, for sure. 100%. Uh, the next section, art, poetry, music, and dance, I really connected with just because I thought I'm, you would. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a very creative type. Um just kind of talking about like it contains clues to their true feelings which i even get that's an interesting statement isn't that interesting like i feel like that right there is just kind of talking about like just with the way that i am with music now not necessarily with like other performative type things but especially music like because Mm -hmm. i'm uh, one thing that i love is that i'm very musically inclined and like i I remember that was one thing that people used to ask me and said, like, partially the, oh, you know, your curly hair, where does that come from? It was also like, oh, are your parents musicians? I'm like, no. <laughs> Hard no. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> really, no. Um, I just remember getting that question. Be like, no, I'm adopted. And, like, I think maybe it's from somewhere. Because, like, I mean, people. I kind of hate that, too, though. Like, why do you, like, it's a small talk again. Like, why yes. Why can't I just be awesome at this? Yes. On my own. Like, but. But I, I mean, share I guess story. it is something that, like, can Embrace run in it. the family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. I guess I get it. But <laughs> whatever. Um, but just with that kind of thing, like, especially, like, singing. It's, like, that's something that I really have enjoyed my entire life. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's something that I. I did in college that I'm, you know, majored in, but I also like really enjoy doing that kind of thing, like just on my own. And I realize even songs that aren't, um, cause like I physically really connect to music, like certain songs, I get chills all over my body and it doesn't matter the like content of it. For instance, the new Adele album. I was gonna say you have there. album yes. <laughs> album release parties. Like what? Uh, like, well, I'm doing an album release party by myself. A listening party. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Yes. I'm getting donuts. I'm getting wine. I'm gonna cry through the whole thing. It's gonna be amazing. But <laughs> at this point, the Adele album is the uh, uh, thirty is coming out in a couple in like a week, I think. And I'm ready for it. And granted, a lot of those kinds of things I haven't been through, and even like. I don't know, there are, like, certain TikTok trends with, like, people singing certain songs, like Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift, and I listen to them, and I'm like, this is so nothing I've ever been through, <laughs> but the emotion of the song, even, like, the musicality of it, like, where the key change mm-hmm. is so, like, hits you hard, from a musical standpoint, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so good. Yeah. And I just, like, read through this. I was like, is this why I connect with love songs that I've never understood mm. to that degree? Is this why I love a power ballad so much? Like, is it also because I get to sing to that 
feel it in my body as far as like the actual musicality of it. Is yes. that why? I'm like, it's kind of like when you're, it's the whole like you see a car crash, you can't look away. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think so many people connect with the fact that like, I'm really sad. I'm going to listen to really sad songs <laughs> to feel it even harder. Yes. That's probably my entire life in a nutshell is just be like, no, I'm going to feel it. So much harder. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to listen to this song on repeat for hours. Interesting. Like, I think that that was just... I loved the fact that that was... There was an explanation for mm-hmm. that where I was like, okay, so I'm not just... That weird. makes sense. Like, I'm not just yeah. freak being like, I need to listen to this song 12 times to really feel it. <laughs> you know? Like, for sure. That's just where I'm at. So I really love that section and just that acknowledgement of like... Just the fact that, you know, that happens Mm -hmm. and it's okay. And, like, you know, there are creative types that are going to emote that in a creative way. And I also just think that that's really awesome. Absolutely. So uh, that's what I got from that section. The next one, let's see. I didn't have a couple, like, again, these are all so deep. And, like, you take how it gives, even at a certain time, like, we've read this twice most of it twice and like what we've said before is we've resonated with certain parts each time Mm -hmm. so like the different stages of life different stages of coming out the fog healing like you're gonna resonate with different parts of this but through most of this like the next one um next section i didn't have very much oh see i had some which is funny because i feel like i do have some issues with that. <laughs> I know that's just putting it out there, but that's like, yeah. weird. I don't know because I remember you and I talking about that with this. I know the next section being separation anxiety. Um, I made a note here just that like I I don't know a lot with people being like kind of going outside of my comfort zone as far mm. as um. I guess the specifics that I had was, like, I get really anxious about people forgetting me. And it mostly comes along with plans. If people are late, mm-hmm. I, in my head, I'm just, like, it's not the <laughs> I don't fa- mean to laugh because no, I'm late, fine. like, 90% of the time. <laughs> That's the thing is, like, I know that. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, you now, like, text me when you're leaving and I don't know if normal people do this. I asked a friend this recently. They said yes, but like I look up like their address to where I am, see how long it is, get an estimated time. You've on told when you told me that before. Me. Yes, yeah. I think I told you that last week when we yeah. hung out on our day off and we did this stuff. I was like, do normal people do this? Yeah. And you're like, I do it sometimes. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, I just realized like that is something I obsessively do. And it's more so, I don't know what it is because I know just they're on the prepared, way. Being prepared. I think. Being prepared. It's just having any type of control, control. The situation. Yes, but when people mm. don't follow up on stuff, I just mm. assume and it's not the fact that I wouldn't have something to do that night. It's mm-hmm. just the fact that I'm like I'm the bottom of their priority. Mm. Oh God. Or what have, have I done to be mm. the bottom of their priority? What are they doing instead? What is better <laughs> than this? Like, not because I'm like, yeah, I'm the best person to hang out with. But, like, <laughs> just yeah. in those situations where I'm like, I haven't heard from them. Like, yeah. Those little things. Forgot. They're probably late yes. because of this kind of thing coming up. And that also just kind of goes in, like, spirals into my just generalized anxiety where I'm like, oh, God, well, these situations mm-hmm. are out of my control. But when it comes to the abandonment stuff, it's just like, 
What have I done to make this happen? Anyways, so, so I think I kind of connected with you with the separ- separation anxiety more than I had even before marked. you thought when you read it. Yeah, maybe I just <laughs> like don't underline anything that's not you. <laughs> Psych. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to trigger you. <laughs> I don't know. I think that that was really interesting just in the fact that I wrote a note here. I was like, why am I so or why I'm so anxious about other people being on time? Because you the friends that are on that are always late. I'm like, but what if this is the time they forgot? Like, I freak out. So you always go to forgot, not worst case scenario. Like, what if they got hurt? What if they got in an accident? Things like that. Because that's what I would get into. I wouldn't worry about, like, you forgot about me because <laughs> I can't forget about this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but more is kind of like, no, I'm just sad. No. <laughs> but more, I'm just, I, that's what I think of. Like, what happened to them, you know? I See, I do that. Two, but it's more all the time. <laughs> Don't lie to me. It's okay. It's no, great. it's like, it's kind of a combination of the two where sure. I'm like, okay, it's more so like, what if they forgot about me? But then it's also like, but what if they didn't and they were on the way here and they died? Mm-hmm. Both of them. I'm going to feel terrible. Like, oh, man, we are complicated. What a section. I didn't even highlight uh, anything. Well, let's talk about the meaning of discipline. Maybe Did again. You have that? I didn't have. No, actually, I didn't have. That I much had here nothing anyway, except. Never mind. Adopted children love routine, and I think that's also just kind of being in control. Yes, totally agree. Okay, we can. Yeah, that section is not. Jump, as much. jump, jump. I didn't have anything else. You kind of cut me off. If you do, um, I had some on like the last rules. Honestly, the really the only thing that's happening here is just talking about like. Hey, adolescence is hard for adoptees. Yep. Face and, it and be open to it. That's and really abandonment it. was the initial trauma. Yep. And exactly. it, it sticks with you forever. Side note, just in case you didn't know. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Other than that, I kind of just like the five cardinal rules, I think were really good. Um, for adoptive parents, kind of at the end there, just never threaten abandonment, acknowledge your child's feelings. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Allow your child to be themselves. Do not try to take the place of their birth mother and you cannot take away your child's pain. Yeah. I think those are really good just rules as for adoptive parents, as well as the ones we've talked about way back when. I think it was the early chapters of like, the breakdown of what adoptive parents need to do before they adopt. I yeah. can't remember exactly the the yeah, full list of those, but yeah. I think they have really good points for adoptive parents or hopeful adoptive parents at this point. No, I totally agree. The one thing that I also just kind of thought overall, mm-hmm. the rule here, acknowledge your child's feelings, saying yes. never say to your child you shouldn't feel that way. Mm. And I actually kind of realized this in general with how – I've kind of talked about the fact that, you know, millennials are very, you know, working on their mental health Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I'm noticing that in my conversations, both myself saying it, my friends saying it, being like, I know I shouldn't feel this way, but, and just like, like embarrassment, for instance. Like I had a friend that was grieving something recently and was like, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, Hmm. I don't want to say you shouldn't feel embarrassed because that doesn't take it away. And I think that that has become a really unfortunate response to being, Mm -hmm. like, this 
isn't how I want you to feel about this, but instead saying you shouldn't feel this way yeah. about it. It should be more of a, I'm really sorry to hear that this is how you feel about it because it's kind of the shame, guilt kind mm-hmm. of thing, which we've talked about in previous episodes. Just shame and guilt around that. It's like, it's so unhealthy to be like, you shouldn't feel that way. It's like, that doesn't actually do anything. Yeah. And it should be approached in a way that's like, I'm really sorry that that's the kind of reaction that you're having to this. I'm hoping we can figure out the reasons why and talk about a different approach. Man, therapy is doing us good. Us? I know. But like, I, I do it through <laughs> I you. Like, it. Yes, I you are. Like, I keep doing that. Like hearing you, and I'm just like, that's doing me good too because I'm like, okay, I can. I mean, I think it's kind of like the way that, like, though, just in what I'm doing in therapy is, it does have a lot to do with my relationships, and that is a lot of like the conversations that you and I have had over the last couple years. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I'm like, okay, I I know what to. Yeah, yeah, it's very helpful for all y'all. So you're welcome. (laughs) Thanks for paying that for me. (laughs) But it's true. It's yeah. That is such a easy reaction especially in the time yes. you're like you shouldn't feel that way it's like okay but i do mm-hmm. Blah, you know i don't know what to say like it's kind of the same and then thing you can as, shut off like it's like mm, and then all it's right. like it's so invalidating and validation of that kind of stuff is yes. probably the most important and i think it's the same kind of thing when people say when it's kind of generalized and you're kind of like oh i'm really anxious about this happening it's like Oh, you don't have anything to worry about. I was like, great, thanks, I'm cured. That's not how that works. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing, and I think with something that people are willing to share, especially embarrassment, mm. shame, guilt, shit like that. Like, it's so... That's a great really point. hard thing to admit. Absolutely. And that's something that needs the most... Almost coaxing. Care and... Yeah, yeah and just being that... Kind of be yes. like, hey, talk about it. It's okay. How much do you want to tell me? You don't have to tell me everything. What do you want to talk about? Even them sharing that little bit is so That's vulnerable. Huge. Yeah. Exactly. And vulnerability when it comes to embarrassment, guilt, and shame, I think is the hardest part. Like, I think it probably took until a couple, maybe like a year ago or something mm-hmm. for me to be able to come to a friend and say, I'm embarrassed yeah. by how I acted, by how I feel, by what's happening Regardless of it being my fault or not. Yeah. Saying you're embarrassed Mm -hmm. is a really hard thing to say. For sure. And I think that a lot of that goes along with that. Just And not saying, like, you shouldn't feel that way. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, too late. What do I do with that? And the adoptive parents will never, ever fully understand how the adoptee feels. Yeah. So who are they to say you shouldn't feel that way? That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And. Like, you think you understand. Even though that's your child, you see them grow. You understand them to an extent. But you don't know what's going on in their head. No. About the past, about anything with their relationship. Even if you're an adoptee. Like, I I would never claim Mm -hmm. if I either had an adoptive child or was talking to another adoptee. I would never be able to say, like, I know exactly how you feel. You shouldn't feel this way. Yeah, even between us. Exactly. Like, finding a birth mom versus not. Like, that's a huge... I would never say, like, well, why would you feel that way? It's more like, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, 
This might be... And you've healed in a different way. Exactly. And that's okay. Or not. Yes. Or maybe you haven't healed at all. <laughs> like, it's just... It's... Everybody has a different scenario. It's... Yes. Not one for people to put down. It's really just validating, like, okay, so that's how you feel. What do we... How do we approach it? Mm-hmm. Not even how do we... What do we do about it? How do we fix it? It's just... Yes. How do we approach it? And I guess kind of going into our discussion question yes. that we post into our social medias. So definitely follow us on those. Mm-hmm. Do you remember as a kid having separation anxiety issues when parents would leave like daycare, you know, oh, yeah. people babysitting you? You had that. Oh, big I, time. I didn't Did have you that. Not? No, I'd be like, parents gone. Yes, party. party time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. No, I didn't have that whatsoever. See, I guess for me, it was a couple different things. Like when I was really young. Um, my, like when I was especially, I guess more so in this, I don't know, we would always have like a summer babysitter, which is always like a student of my dad, mm-hmm. which you can always find cool college kids that are going to nanny and right. we had the best babysitters. Like they were so much fun. Um, but like that I remember and being really like attached to them. Like I still remember their names. Me too. Like that. Yeah. So like shout that, out to Lindsay. That was my shout favorite. Shout out to Vitrell and <laughs> Diane. Those are my favorite. That was my favorite babysitter. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I remember those two specifically. Vitrell and I. I called her Vitrelli, <laughs> and she sent me a postcard from where was it? Either I think it was Rome when she went and studied abroad, oh. and. <laughs> she and I just like we hung out all the time when I was like in kindergarten doing afternoon kindergarten, and she'd come in the morning. And then Diane, one summer, she would, like, bike around with us, with my sister and I in, like, the back little caddy thing. And <clears throat> she was the first person that I tried, like, uh, I think it was sleepy time tea. Mm-hmm. I had iced tea with her, which, like, I was, like, seven, having iced tea. What? <laughs> what is that about? And then I tried dried seaweed with her, too. Yeah. Because that was something she bought. Like, and now it's funny because, like, now, like, I like that now is, like, with sushi or just mm-hmm. kind of, like, when I was in South Korea and stuff. Like, that was a thing we did. And I was just like, I've had this before. It's not weird to me. Like, I tried that as a kid. Interesting. Like, and it so, was, but you had these good connections with them. Yep. But initially, but initially leaving your parents was hard. And it was more so, like, when my parents would go somewhere, I remember my mom would get dressed up. She'd put lipstick on, and she'd always leave a kiss mark mm. on my cheek and give me a kiss. And I'd be like, this is here all night. I will not take this off. Yeah. This is my mom. Like, mm. And my sister never did that, but I was like, I need it, mom. Mm-hmm. And she would always make sure that she did that before she left. Aww. And it was just, like, something that happened. And it was just, like, that made me feel better about it. And before that, when I was probably around like one, two, three, maybe. Um, my mom was forced to go get an office in Northfield because <laughs> if I was home with the babysitter and she would just go upstairs, oh I would know she was up there and scream bloody murder at the bottom of the stairs and be like, mom, I am down here and you are not. Poor mom. First of all, with having to hold your hand on the back the whole time, she's she probably saying like, so much. I'm tired too, Risa. Come you on. <laughs> And then you screaming at the top of your lungs while and she's then, trying to work. Mom! <laughs> it's terrible. Like, she told me that she was like, oh, I should get an hilarious. office. And <laughs> I think it's so funny. Like, she had the entire upper floor at her old yeah. house for her office suite. And, like, she couldn't even use it because I was like, excuse me, ma'am. I am down here. That's so interesting. What are you doing up there? Like, it was just. <laughs> I didn't have that. 
whatsoever. Well, I was a mess, still am. Continue. What's up? Well, that was kind of it. I was just going to ask you, how did this make you feel overall did you chapter? not have any separation anxiety when you were a kid at all? No. And going to daycare just fine. Babysitter's just Take fine. Daycare is fine. I had I really nothing. Liked I have a lot of memories from daycare, and it was yeah. Hilarious. I have nothing, but, which is kind of weird because no. I don't know. I feel like I have that more more now. Int- do you have that about your parents now? No. Oh, okay. I was like, that would surprise me. They go everywhere. They, no offense. All the time. Yeah, they're living their <laughs> life. Yeah, but no, just like interesting. I think more nothing Adrian because like I can focus on oh. him. Like, so what do you? doing you know mm-hmm. like and it's not even me being like nosy or wanting to know anything it's just like are you I good just, yeah essentially that's where i'm like that's where it comes to me where like wait are you okay because you've been texting me back not like you forgot about me because again yeah who could forget about me just <laughs> <laughs> but yeah overall forget about wait that was kind of all i had oh i forgot about that but yeah, how did this make you feel overall? This whole chapter of like the new family, just kind of feeling your experience throughout adoption, I, I would say. I think it was simultaneously really validating mm-hmm. as well as just like if people asked me, because I do have a decent amount of friends that have considered adoption in the future. Um, most of which, you know, I'm in my late 20s and I have a lot of friends of that age that are either married, engaged, close to engaged, like, Mm -hmm. with their basically, like, final partner. And a lot of them are considering adoption. Again, a lot of millennials are just because of the state of the world and everything and just, like, considering parenting from a different lens and the fact that I think us as millennials are focusing so much on mental health. Mm -hmm. I think we're in a really good spot for our generation to kind of flip that around in a lot of different ways. And I think that that's amazing. I'm really excited about that both just for my friends who are considering that that are kind of seeing me as a guide in that way Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of really very good ways of like summing up that experience Mm -hmm. in this particular chapter and just being like hey maybe this should be the approach I mean this section or this chapter being like talking about the new family that's a challenge Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't pretend that it's not yeah Absolutely. And I think kind of going based off our experiences, you didn't have as much awareness as Colombian culture, things like that. And I did. And I think that was very helpful, um, kind of being announced and into this new family whatsoever. But at the same time, I think, you know, we still resonate with all these same issues and same things that we still have going on. And I just think I really focused on that a lot of adoptees have that same guilt I had talking to their families about adoption, mm-hmm. just not wanting and that was to very hurt. Much more prevalent for you at that. Yes, time just wanting to not hurt anyone's feelings. And I think that really started with the search of my birth mom, sure. because that's a hard thing to navigate, regardless. But mm-hmm. my parents are very present in that, and so I think it was just a very, very outspoken thing that I needed to just feel comfortable with. Yeah. But overall, I think, you know, I just felt very comfortable with this chapter. I just felt very validated, again, as we always mostly do in a lot of sections throughout this chapter um, or throughout this book in itself. But overall, I just felt really good about it. The one thing I just want to touch on that you just said is the fact that you were more exposed to the cultural side of things. And I, 
I guess that's been something that I've realized over time, but I'm also going back to chapters and chapters ago about the fact that I I believe the different theories of our yeah. attachment and how we were in the womb, I suppose, just in the fact that, like, you felt the fact that you were, like, of one mm-hmm. unit and separated. I believe for myself, I'm like, we are in the f- same physical space, but I believe in, like, so much of my independence comes yes. from that and it makes sense. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I wasn't guided through that as a kid, but I also feel like I probably would have rejected it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And now I'm like, I am able to take hold of that and do that myself. And I love that. Because, like, that's what I've done with a lot and of And I this. think that, again, just shows how adoption processes and adoption thoughts and can be so different. journeys can be so, yes. so different. And the time frame does not matter between anyone. Again, exactly. I started at 18 it you doesn't started mean one of us maybe is, 27. Yeah. Really focusing on what this means, healing, coming out of the fog. Exactly. Exactly. And we're both understanding and healing ourselves as we need to. Exactly. And I don't... And yes. it's not that one of us is ahead of the other. Yes. It's we're on this, like, same plane mm-hmm. in different, like, one of us is focusing on this, one of us is focusing on that. But it's mm-hmm. not, like, a matter of, like... Who's healthier in their head? Like, yeah. it doesn't mean anything like that. Like, one thing that, like, for my, for Christmas last year, I got a Colombian cookbook, mm-hmm. but I've been uh, dealing with medical issues over the last year, so it was never the forefront. A couple weeks ago, I flipped through the entire thing being like, what do I want to make next time I am feeling like cooking something elaborate? And I found something that I was like, Okay, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to figure out a time to do it. I'm going to get all the ingredients because I love cooking. So something like that, I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. It's kind of similar to, like, cooking styles and, like, techniques that I've done. Mm-hmm. This is something I'm excited about. And, again, we're in our late 20s. That took a long time for our parents to also maybe feel comfortable expressing that different culture and things like that to us mm-hmm. because we are more open to it. We're expressing how we feel and who we are. And I asked for that too. Yes. It's just like, you know what? I want to like, as something Embrace that I that. love doing on my own cooking, something I love, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what type of cuisine it is, but I love doing it. I know I can do it. I know I'd be good at it. So it's like, I got one too. So we need yeah, to get back need to on get these. On yeah. We need to start doing yes. these kinds of things. We I have think, a live video eat, of so. testing out foods from a Colombian restaurant in La Minnesota. Colonia. Yeah. And it's an Ecuadorian Colombian restaurant yes. in Northeast. La Colonia. It's really, really So we need good. to try making our own and we'll having a live podcast. Yeah. So we can chat with our, our listeners because that would be really fun to con- continue to connect with all of you because we've connected with so many people. Yep. The community we have grown and been felt so welcoming it has just been amazing. And our followers have just gained so much in mm-hmm. this time. And again, we appreciate your patience and just being there for us as we have slowly continued to come back on our journey. Other than that, I don't have very much else for this chapter. I do not either. I think, like you said, thank you to everybody who's been supporting us. Um, It's been a really challenging year for me. um, Or really just, I mean... Life-changing. Pandemic not even, like, included. Like, just even... I can't believe that was last year, technically. Oh, it's about to be 2022 and I'm panicking. Um, (laughs) I'm ready for it. I said that for this year, but like, I'm actually ready for 2022. 2022, I'm like, okay, let's, let's, 
let's all uh hit the restart button let's go restart button yeah i'm ready for it we're vaccinated you know it's hopefully things are getting better um i'm feeling a little bit more hope both in just that livelihood of living in a pandemic like that still is just wild to me the fact that we are but also just in my own health that's again as erica mentioned kind of in our last uh episode is a really big reason why we were kind of mia for a little while and that was a really big challenge for me and as we've talked about a million times like medical history is really a complicated issue for adoptees Mm. so for me, it was just really scary and complicated. So I'm glad everybody can, you know, hopefully come back and start to um, support dive and back. Yeah, mm-hmm. support and listen, dive back into this book and work through the process. Granted, it is a lot to work through. Um, we're going to be We're almost done, though. We're almost which done. Which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So we just appreciate all of your follows and likes. Yeah. And if you're just listening to this on our podcast, definitely check out the YouTube video. Yes. This is recorded of us going in-depth in studio. We'd love to have your comments and kind of just followings on our YouTube channel as we are going to continue to make that more broad and um, happen on a lot more episodes also. Yeah. So look forward to season three as oh, well. We're yes. excited. And if you want merch, I am wearing oh, yeah, a Columbian Influence little crop top it's cute reese is wearing a t-shirt we have long sleeves we can pretty much make whatever you'd like so if you're interested let us know for sure until next time later Bye. bye